The New Orleans Saints look to be getting back to full strength on their offensive line, but how are they going to replace two key contributors on the offensive side and players that need to have solid performances in order for the Saints to get their win on Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks? We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day here on the show. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And on today's episode, we got a little bit of a different setting here. Wanted to make sure that I got a Monday episode out for you. Was hoping that we would have an idea about who would be active and who's going to be around for this game in terms of you know, uh, practice squad elevations, injury, injured reserve uh, moves, uh, you know, activating players back to the active roster, all of that. But we're still awaiting that news, but didn't want to have you waiting any longer. So let's talk a little bit about the players and the team getting a little bit healthier at a place that really, really does impact their uh, success rate here moving forward. And that's on the offensive line. We know that the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, head coach, They love to win in the trenches. As of right now, according to the most recent uh, or the final injury report that came out on Saturday, there are no game designations for starting center Eric McCoy or starting left tackle Teron Armstead. That's really important because that means they are expected to play in this game. Now, how much will they play? Will there be a pitch count? That part we don't know yet, but as of right now, it looks like the New Orleans Saints are ready to get back to full strength on their offensive line, and if they can do that, then they become a bit more of the unstoppable force on the offensive line than we're accustomed to seeing. Remember, we haven't seen the Saints full starting five since just five snaps into the opening action against the Green Bay Packers to open up the season when Eric McCoy, the Saints starting center, suffered a calf injury. We haven't seen him back since then. He just got back to practice, limited all week along with Teron Armstead, and looks like he's going to be ready to play against Seattle. That's a big deal. And then, of course, Teron Armstead, who I just mentioned, had that elbow injury that he suffered in a game where Tony Jones Jr.'s helmet made a bit of a collision with his elbow, and he had been out since then as well. But now it looks like the Saints are going to be expecting to see Tron Armstead back. So getting those two pieces back for the Saints, massive for them and their ability to win up front, both in the pass blocking game and in the run blocking game, particularly on the interior. We've seen a lot of interior pressure from the New Orleans Saints given up over the course of the last few weeks. And of course, that draws off your timing, that causes issues in the passing game, that causes issues in the run game. It's not where you want your pressure to come from. Because remember when Eric McCoy got hurt, Will Clapp, who was supposed to be the sort of primary backup center, was already on injured reserve. So the Saints had to move Cesar Ruiz to center and then plug in Calvin Throckmorton for his very first snaps in the NFL over at the right guard spot. Now, Calvin Throckmorton can play any offensive line position you ask him to play. And Cesar Ruiz was a you know, a starting center all throughout his collegiate years, but then has been working to be the right guard for the Saints since last season, and particularly over the course of this offseason where he looked to make some strides at that position over the course of training camp and the preseason. So getting everyone back to their natural position just as much as getting all the players back could have a huge impact for the New Orleans Saints. How big an impact? Well, we can actually put some numbers 
towards this. So you can take a look at pass block win rate as well as run block win rate, which is effectively a metric that measures how often you win as an offensive lineman in pass blocking and in run blocking. Pretty self-explanatory. So the win rate for the New Orleans Saints in pass blocking right now so far as a whole along this uh, entire offensive line unit has been 61%. That's 11th in the NFL. Now, keep in mind that these metrics have razor thin margins. So 67%, for instance, would be good for third place. So at 61% is not bad, but they're outside of the top 10 right now. Over on the run block side, that's where things get a little bit dicier as the Saints are ranked 21st in the NFL with a 70% run block win rate. Now, again, 78%, only 8% higher is actually first place in the NFL. So razor thin margins, but still you're all the way down beyond the first half of the league with a 70% win rate in the run blocking game. So if the Saints can find a way to be 2%, even 5% better on the offensive line by getting their starting center and their starting left tackle back, which feels like that is very possible, right? That's very reasonable. Then they could be top five in either of these metrics in terms of pass block or run blocking win rate. Now, let's take a look back at last year where you had a full 16 game slate. Remember, it'll be 17 games this year, but a full 16 game slate last year that measured these same two metrics. Now, remember that keeps a couple of extra things in mind. Additional injuries across the NFL, right? Over the course of a full season, as opposed to just through the first six games of a season and then, or first seven weeks of a season, I guess you could say. And then you could also take a look at the fact that numbers are going to balance out stuff like that as well. But for the Saints, they finished in terms of pass block win rate last year, fifth in the NFL with a 63%, only 2% better than they have been so far this season. But of course, that's over the course of an entire season. And then in run block win rate, 72%, which again is only 2% better than where they're at right now, that helped them finish up third uh, with a third best total. There are a bunch of folks tied at you know 74, 73, and then at 72%. So they were tied with several others, but the third best total in the league. So again, 2% to 5% better by getting your starting left tackle, starting uh, center back, then that ends up giving you a pretty good standing in the league in terms of where your offensive line is. And that's just the numbers. You could see the way that it's going to impact things on tape as well. Communication gets better. They get a little bit more comfortable in terms of their cohesion, all of that. Uh, you get mobility from the line of scrimmage because you get more mobility from Teron Armstead, from Eric McCoy. Remember, Eric McCoy was the guy all the way downfield in the big catch and run touchdown against the Packers last year for Alvin Kamara. You also see, you know, getting your right guard position, uh, the pull from there a little bit better on plays where you end up pulling that right guard. Calvin Throckmorton, not as athletic as Cesar Ruiz is. So getting Cesar Ruiz back there gives you a little bit more flexibility in terms of utilizing pulling guards from that spot. You see, you know, more advantage in the screen game, more mobility in the screen game, all of that. It doesn't just help the numbers, it helps execution as well. Now, there are a few other players that the Saints could potentially get back tonight in addition to getting a healthy offensive line. We've seen several players return from injured reserve, seen back at practice participating in at least a limited capacity, according to John DeSager from over with the New Orleans Saints. He tweeted out that uh, linebacker Quan Alexander, wide receiver Traquan Smith, tight end Nick Vanette, defensive end Marcus Davenport, linebacker Chase Hansen, and cornerback Ken Crawley were all back at practice, along with center Eric McCoy and left tackle um, Teron Armstead. So great to see them get these players back. And Davenport's timing, if he should get back out on the field against Seattle, would be fantastic uh, and couldn't come at a better time because rookie Peyton Turner is expected to miss Monday night's game with a calf 
injury. So the New Orleans Saints are looking like they're getting healthier, and obviously that's very important heading into tonight's matchup. But one big question lingers. It's how are they going to make up for the offensive production that they're using in two major weapons, an offensive weapon, Taysom Hill, as well as wide receiver Deontay Harris. We'll talk a little bit about who are the players that could potentially step up and take over a little bit of each of their roles as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. And as we continue on, I want to remind you about DirecTV Stream, one of my favorite services that I have right now, because I was one of those people. I had, you know, this app was for TV shows that I really liked. I had to go to this app for movies that I really liked. I had to go to this app for live sports, this app for my favorite talk shows. And then I was watching highlights on my phone and all that. It was just too much. Sharing logins with a bunch of people, having to schedule out time so that we're not on at the same time or fighting over who's on when their favorite team is playing and all that. It just got to be too much. So I was thankful that I learned about Direct TV Stream here through the show, here through the network, and I was able to pick it up and it helped me get my TV together. It's awesome. It helps me get all of my favorite entertainment, everything that I love, all in one place. And again, it's with a service called Direct TV Stream. It's going to bring your TV, your on-demand needs, your all of your favorites together like never before, like you've never had them, all your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place place. That means no more juggling all those different remotes, juggling all the different apps, having a schedule with friends, none of that stuff you have to go through ever again. And best of all, with this service, there's no annual contract at all. You can get rid of all the clutter, get rid of all the confusion, and just go ahead and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Get all the information you need at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Don't forget that a compatible device is required and content varies by package. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks so much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Always, always great to be a part of your routine. The New Orleans Saints are going to be taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle tonight uh, as they are going to be on Monday Night Football. And a big thing that they're going to be doing is trying to figure out how they're going to replace the production from two key players in particular who have been ruled out. We talked about Peyton Turner being ruled out earlier in the first segment. We know that Dwayne Washington also ruled out. The Saints went out and made a move to uh, sort of help with that. We'll talk about that move here in just a moment. But first, with the New Orleans Saints having both Deontay Harris and Taysom Hill out, that takes away two massive producers when it comes to their offensive production so far this season. So you're going to be able to see the New Orleans Saints try to fill those roles. And I think a couple of the players to watch in this conversation are going to be wide receiver Kenny Stills, as well as tight end Adam Trotman and a potential practice squad elevation who could potentially help to fill some of these roles. So let's start off with Deontay Harris, who I think can see his role filled a little bit by Kenny Stills. The Saints reuniting with Kenny Stills just a few weeks ago, something I thought they would never do after all of the sort of history between the team and and the player, but glad to see him back in the black and gold. And the Saints have already targeted him downfield quite a bit. They do like him down there. However, there are some big shoes to fill in uh, Deontay Harris's five foot six shoes. And by the way, phenomenal story came out recently about Deontay Harris nearly quitting football over the course of the last couple of months, but fighting through his depression, everything that he was battling after several uh, sort of really bad situations or, or, or bad circumstances that he had been subject to and ended up fighting through all of it and has been the New Orleans Saints leading receiver so far this season, 263 receive, excuse me, 236 uh, receiving yards so far in the year with two touchdowns, including the Saints' longest touchdown, longest play from scrimmage so far this season with the 72-yard touchdown, which was Jameis Winston's uh, 
longest throw pass ever in his career. So he has been absolutely phenomenal. Deontay Harris has been now he's dealing with a hamstring injury. He's out for this game and the Saints didn't miss him a bit during the uh, Washington football team game, but they found a way to produce through the air around and without him. And a lot of it came through Marquez Calloway, but I do think that for the Saints, they could look to Kenny Stills here. Now, when it comes to average depth of target, it really comes down to looking at Marquez Calloway is the one that might actually be able to replace Deontay Harris. But I just think about the speed for Kenny Stills and how much that makes a difference. When you look at Deontay Harris and his average depth of target so far this season, his average is 15.5 yards. Average depth of target means how far downfield you usually are by the time that a ball is thrown to you. And so we've seen so far uh, Deontay Harris be well beyond the first down markers. And of course, being in those situations where he's making those big catch and run plays downfield. 15.5 15.5 yards. That's a pretty big number for uh, for a receiver and a New Orleans Saints offense. We're not accustomed to seeing that. And those numbers are big all around. Kenny Stills, 12.5. Marquez Calloway, 14.8. So again, Marquez Calloway, a little bit more akin to what we've seen so far with Deontay Harris. But I think that Marquez Calloway continues to be a, one of the focal points, even if Traquan Smith comes back in a different way. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. But when it comes to Kenny Stills, I think that his speed and his ability to still be a viable deep threat are what allows him to be the player that could potentially step into the big you know, shot plays that they've called for Deontay Harris so far this season. And we've seen him take these shots down to uh, Kenny Stills already, even the first game that he was added to the roster against the New England Patriots that took a shot to him down the field. Came off a little late, so there wasn't really anything he could do with it. Against the New York Giants, he had the big touchdown. They got called back with a holding penalty by Adam Troutman. So I do think that you'll continue to see Kenny Stills get that attention downfield, and that's why I think that he'll be the one to step into maybe some of those shot plays and those roles when it comes to missing Deontay Harris. Now, when it comes to Traquan Smith potentially returning, if he returns, and I could see the Saints using Marquez Callaway still as a focal point, but in a bit of a different way, maybe using him both inside and outside a little bit more and using him a little bit more as a big slot. We know Sean Payton. We know this team loves their big slot players. So I could see Callaway doing that along with Smith moving over to the X receiver role, which is where he played all of last year in place of Michael Thomas, except for the games where Emmanuel Sanders had to miss because he was on the COVID reserve list. So I could see Marquez Callaway still being a focus in this game, even if if Traquan Smith comes back. I just think that the role looks a little bit different. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Taysom Hill. Now, Taysom Hill is somebody that creates a lot of offense from a lot of different places, right? He's able to do it as a receiver. He's able to do it as a runner, both from under center as well. So you look at Taysom Hill and you figure you're going to need a couple of players probably to replace his production because of how important and integral he's baked into this offense doing a ton of different things. So for me, if tight end Nick Vanette ends up coming back and is available to play against his former team, the Seattle Seahawks, then I think that that opens up tight end Adam Troutman to have a little bit more of a receiving role and potentially even Jawan Johnson to get back into a bit more of a receiving role as well. We saw Jawan Johnson really stand out the first few games of the season And then he kind of went away, came back with a touchdown against the New York Giants, and then kind of went away again last week against the Washington football team or two weeks ago against the Washington football team. So I do think that getting those two players a little bit more involved in the passing game is possible with Taysom Hill out as long as Nick Vanette is back, because Nick Vanette can then sort of assume those blocking roles while Adam Troutman and uh, Juwan Johnson can sort of assume the receiver role 
while still contributing as a blocker the way that Taysom Hill did, which is a little bit less than what we've seen with Adam Troutman specifically so far throughout this season. Now, Hill also does a lot of production on the ground game as well. 77 rushing yards so far this season, three rushing touchdowns. So the Saints, without Taysom Hill last week against the Washington football team, just leaned a little bit more over to Alvin Kamara and the running game with the running backs. However, no other running backs on the team got carries outside of Alvin Kamara. And of course, they lost Dwayne Washington partway through that game, and he's ruled out again for this week. So that's why I think this week going up against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, I could see Divina Zigbo getting a little bit more attention and getting some actual reps and carries in this one, but also wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints newly acquired running back, former Pro Bowl running back Lamar Miller, who they signed to their practice squad, being elevated for this game and getting opportunities. Because I think that this this team is already going to have such a focal point when it comes to Alvin Kamara. He's going to be such a focal point of this game against Seattle, as he so often is, and as he was the last time that these two teams met in Seattle that I don't think you want to overload him. So I think having usually what the Saints would do is that they would you know give some of those carries in the red zone, for instance, to Taysom Hill and then give Alvin Kamara a little bit of a break. But now I think you're going to see Alvin Kamara getting those red zone touches, just like we saw him with the red zone touchdown uh, last week. So I think that with all of that being the case, that having guys like Devon Zigbo as well as Lamar Miller to help sort of shoulder the load elsewhere on the field is smart and I think will be the case. Now, they're not going to take snaps from under center like Taysom Hill does, but that's okay. You've got Jameis Winston to take care of that and then just hand the ball off to these guys or give them some of those passes that Jameis Winston has been working on over the middle of the field, as well as in the flats and in the short area of the field in the passing game to utilize as an extension of the run game, get them the ball in such a way that it's a five-yard game, but then they can get another three or four yards after the catch. They will be a big part of that as well as Lamar Miller and uh, Devon Zigbo are known receivers as well out of that position. So no doubt Alvin Kamara is going to be on every Seattle Seahawks fan's mind, every New Orleans Saints fan's mind, but who are some other players that need to stand out in order for the Saints to get a win in Seattle on Monday Night Football? We'll talk about those. We'll go three players on offense, three players on defense, and then a little bit of land yap as we always try to promise here on the show. So we've got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, Get Upside. The Get Upside app is one of my favorite apps out there. It's incredible. It ends up giving you 25 cents back per gallon every time that you fill up your car, as long as you go to one of their partner gas stations. No more driving around trying to find a place where you're going to save three, four cents on the gallon, especially with gas prices skyrocketing right now. Don't have to be involved in any of that anymore. Now you can just get a quarterback for every gallon when you fill up. And in fact, if you download the free GetUpside app right now in your Apple App Store or in the Google Play Store and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, you get 50 cents back per gallon in your first fill up. Some folks who drive a ton are saving $200, $300, getting that cash back to them. Once again, go and download it. Get Upside, 25 cents back per gallon every time that you fill up and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to bump that up to 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up. That's the Get Upside app. And of course, our good friends over at Built Bar have you covered. You're done fueling up your car. You need to fuel up yourself. Built Bar is the best way to do it. They're back better than ever. The best tasting protein bar ever made. Trust me, I have traveled time and space and I've tried every protein bar that's out there. Built Bar is the absolute best one that's out there. And they're a great company too. They paid for all those BYU student walk-on uh, tuitions and everything. It's just an awesome, awesome company to be a part of. They have a great uh, limited edition bar right now. And they're going to have a bunch of these rotating three, four days at a time. So make sure you keep it up to date with everything going on over at Built.com. So they have some of those standards that you really love. 
double chocolate, cherry barcia, coconut, coconut almond. Uh, you can look at mint brownie, which is my favorite. Or you can look at flavors like the blueberry muffin built bar right now, which sounds incredible. It is one of the uh, limited edition bars that's up on the site right now. So keep up over at built.com. And when you grab yourself a box, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get 15% off of your order at built.com. Let's get it. Huda Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at players that need to stand out for the New Orleans Saints, need to have a standout or solid performance in order for the Saints to win their game on the road at Seattle on Monday night football. So we know Alvin Kamara is definitely one of them. We're going to start over on the offensive side. Alvin Kamara should be a big time focal point for this New Orleans Saints offense, but it's not going to come down to just Alvin Kamara. You're going to need to produce through the passing game as well. Jameis Winston has usually had pretty good success up against the Seattle Seahawks. Four touchdowns, one interception over the course of his career against that Seattle defense. Now, of course, this is an entirely different defense since the last one that he faced, but I would dare say a worse defense than the last one that he faced back in 2019. So I think you get uh, Jameis Winston rolling, you get Alvin Kamara rolling, and a big part of getting both of them rolling is going to be getting some production through the air and through the passing game as well. And I think that's where you look for Marquez Callaway, who built a little bit of momentum last week or the two weeks ago against the Washington football team. Yes, I know one of the touchdowns came on a Hail Mary, but he had another touchdown as well on that great play design in the red zone. And so I think that he and uh, Jameis Winston getting a little bit more comfortable, kind of understanding sort of where things go between the two of them, where you need to be, where I'm expecting you to be, where you should be expecting me to be, all of those kinds of things that happen post-snap while a route is being run, while progressions are being read, all the things that we rarely talk about that have to happen on a football field correctly in order for a play to work those things seem to be clearing up between the two of them, right? Each of them knew where they needed to be and where the ball was going when it came to the Hail Mary. The play execution, they knew exactly what it was because that was a pre-snap read. Was it man or zone? And then it was a post-snap read about where the trailing defender played. Did he play over the top, which was the back shoulder throw, which led to the touchdown to Marquez Callaway? Or if he came underneath the sort of rubs and picks and all that that were going on and that, that sort of cluster of wide receivers that they had there, then it would have been over the top. Both of them understood those rules. Both of them knew what the way that the play had developed and where the ball was going to be. That type of communication is really important. So if they're building on that up against bad defenses, then fantastic. Continue to build up on it against bad defenses. Here's another one in front of you with the Seattle Seahawks. Let's jump over to the defensive side here. We're going to move quickly through these. We've got uh, you know both of the corners for this one, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson, Adebo, easily. I mean, you've got Tyler Lockett, you've got DK Metcalf. Honestly, it doesn't matter who's throwing the football to them at this point. These are fantastic and talented, speedy, physical wide receivers that can do a little bit of everything. So, you know, you're going to need a big game from the both of them. And you're going to need a big game from Marcus Williams over on the backside as well, keeping things from developing over the top. So this is going to be a big part of the matchup that I'm very excited to watch because so far we've seen uh, Marshall and Lattimore rise to the occasion against these these talented receivers that he's faced so far this year. Yeah, he struggled a bit against Kenny Galladay and some good game planning by the New York Giants. But overall, he's been phenomenal so far this season. He's been fantastic so far this year. So I think you put him up against DK Metcalf and then see if he can continue and, and keep it going. Same thing for Ricky Paulson Adebo. I assume that he's going to be getting the start. Haven't heard anything about Bradley Roby sneaking into the starting lineup yet, although it's completely possible. Because again, the expectation is over the course of these next few weeks, Bradley Roby's role is expected to grow within the New Orleans Saints defense. 
but we don't know exactly what that means yet. So whether it's Paulson Adebo or Bradley Roby, whoever's holding down that other wide receiver, then that's going to be a huge matchup for them. And we'll see how the Saints defense is going to play it. Are they going to just keep, uh, are they going to shadow DK Metcalf with Marshawn Lattimore, keep Marshawn Lattimore on him? Or are they going to play sides? Are they going to move them around? So we'll see exactly how it goes. But either way, the defensive backs for the New Orleans Saints have a big test in front of them tonight. Doesn't matter if it's Geno Smith throwing the football, Russell Wilson throwing the football. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, Mike White throwing the football. Don't, don't matter. It is a big time matchup up against these wide receivers for these New Orleans Saints defensive backs. Uh, as we look at one more here before we wrap up today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about just the returning players and, and the way that they can contribute. We've, we've talked about it before. We've broken it down in a couple of episodes last week, but just to hit on this again, because a few of these players returning from injured reserve should be elevated and should be on the active roster and be able to and be available to play tonight. Now, who those players are, we don't know yet. But if it's, let's say, Traquan Smith, Mark, uh, Marcus Davenport, and let's say Nick Vanette, then we know the way that they end up impacting this game. And obviously, you know, you're looking for a big day from a guy like Demario Davis, right? But who's going to be that linebacker next to him? If Quan Alexander is elevated, are you going to see Quan Alexander on, you know, third and long, like passing downs? And then Pete Werner on first and second down, the early downs where you could see some run. That way you can end up trying to maintain this run game in addition to maintaining and sort of limiting the passing game. If you get Quan Alexander back, you have to figure out how you're going to mix him in, particularly in his first action. If you get Marcus Davenport back, he helps you in the run game. He also gives you another viable pass rusher for a pass rush that could use a little bit of a boost. Even though, regardless, you've got Cam Jordan, who's top 20 in pressures and who's top five in QB hits so far this season at his position. You're just not getting the sack production. So can Marcus Davenport help you get there? So there are going to be a lot of different ways for these players to immediately have impact as they return from injury. We talked about the offensive line already and the way that that gets better. You're going to need a lot of different things to go right in order to get this win in Seattle. Is this their biggest challenge yet so far this season? No, I wouldn't say so, but you still have to come out. You still have to perform and you have a big game on the other side of this one as well up against a division rival Tampa Bay Bucks. So you can't look past this matchup on Monday night. And I don't think that the New Orleans Saints will. It'll be a big test for them, but I, I think that they should be able to handle this one. So those are the players that I think need to have big performances. That's how the New Orleans Saints can fill out the, the big time offensive holes that they have right now without Taysom Hill, without Deontay Harris, and how important the return of Teron Armstead and Eric McCoy are. If you have extra points you want to add to this game, let me know by hitting me up on Twitter, or you can let me know in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. I appreciate y'all as always for being here. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to have the recap for your win or loss. We'll talk about this New Orleans Saints-Seattle Seahawks game. Wednesday, we'll dive into the tape and the analytics. And then on Thursday, we've got our crossover as we already begin to quickly turn our heads to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Saints' second official home game of the season. So we'll have all that coming up for you here throughout the week. If you're looking for something else, your second listen of the day today, make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson take you through with an insider's look at everything around the NFL in less than 30 minutes. As always, y'all, I appreciate you very much for being here. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.